0: Hello everyone and welcome to the 72nd episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I am your original, your inspiring, your classic vintage host SBJ. I am back after like six weeks, five weeks maybe of being gone. I have gotten rid of Alan and Sean completely. They're never coming back. I am just (laughs) kidding. I have Logan here today with me. I'm I'm like the crystal
1: host. So, uh I'm I came out originally in the 90s,
0: but I'm back again. <laughs> we 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 were talking a little bit. Oh, by the way, this is a podcast about board games, tabletop games, games you can play on or under your table. I'm not sure if that tagline, which was uh spontaneous at the time, if that tagline will change in the future, but but there there are some podcast things we're going to talk about. And, uh, I lost my train of thought here. Um, we were, oh yeah. Okay. I remember now we were talking, (laughs) Logan and I were talking before the show, you joke about B team, crystal team, but we were talking (laughs) about how moving, moving Logan up to the, the A team here and, and just having you on more often. Whoa. Uh, So that's, that's something we're experimenting with.
1: My letter grade is improving. This is great. I, (laughs) I did all my bonus credit and they were bumping up my grade.
0: It's like Survivor, where you and Will were the last two on the island, <laughs> and we had to pick one. That's... <laughs> there's no... Wait, there's no more Will? Are you telling me I killed Will? No, I know. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, can, we can bring Will back, too. <laughs> probably, probably should say why I've, I've been missing for so long. I think I said this on my, my other podcast. I host a Pokemon podcast called It's Super Effective, but I felt very burnt out. Just a time in my life where I needed more free time and I needed to kind of step away. Hmm. And also a time where, uh, where not that I didn't, not that I didn't feel confident or, ha- or with the podcast, but I necessarily didn't feel happy with it. I think there's there's things and, and Logan, you're an artist, so you could probably speak to that. There oh, yeah. when when I make something and I make a lot of things, uh there's always that moment of like, yeah, this is some of my best work I've always that I've done that I felt like I've done and with Tuesday night when I was doing certain episodes, I I didn't feel like that was the best work I was doing. And I'm not saying every episode has to be perfect or every episode is like uh Uh, baseball hit uh, out of the park (laughs) but I do like you're only as good as like your last work right if I got hit by a bus I don't want episode 62 to be my last episode because I didn't feel like that was my best episode (laughs) Hmm. if that makes any sense uh, (laughs) it
1: it does it does the metaphors got a little hairy in there but (laughs) overall I got you
0: I, I would say I, I, here. Let me let me let me try to re-scramble that egg. I would say <laughs> that when I <laughs> when I I have changed my logo for my Pokemon podcast multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. Probably four times in in the, in the almost seven years it's been going. But I feel like the 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 current logo that that I use has been the strongest logo, and it's real crisp. I'm just super happy with it, and every time I look at it, I'm just like, yeah, I did that. That was my work. And so I want to feel that about Tuesday Night Podcast. And so I think stepping away really helped me uh, point out things I liked and didn't like about the show. And that's why I got rid of Alan and Sean. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I gave, the, I gave them the week off because when I was gone, Alan spent way too much time editing and, and doing the show. And, I, and I, I, I think he gets carried away and I, I tell him that. But I wanted to give them a break because I know they're very busy. I know their Kickstarter for Necro... I think their Kickstarter for Necroboomicon actually ends today. Oh, uh, We're recording this on Tuesday and we're putting it up Tuesday. We're a little bit late, but I feel like I've talked enough about myself. Again, this is a podcast about board games. Logan, what what is what is new with you?
1: Well, um, I mean, the last time I was on, which is a couple of weeks ago, I talked about uh, the new podcast I'm working on where we, we play a random... Random, very randomized RPGs, and that's actually we we've got a couple in the bank and we're we're gonna launch the show next Monday so this this is coming out like today you're gonna release it tonight
0: <laughs> yeah yeah after after we're done recording I'm gonna edit and put it up put it up so yeah ah, okay. it's it's busy night for me <laughs>
1: yeah uh clearly um well, okay, so it won't be in the in iTunes when you release this but should we're we're looking to release it on monday and it's called very random encounters so yeah we're we're really excited to launch it and i can't wait everybody should go check it out next monday
0: so you've done you've done and just i didn't lay out the structure of the show i apologize this is just going to be a really loose logan and i back and forth here as as like i said I, i we do have a lot of not really like structure changes but the way we go about recording and producing and and, and moving Tuesday Night Podcast forward might be a, a little different, and we might be in some transitional period. So I would say one of the, one of these episodes is a transitional period. Mm. But you you've been on other podcasts, right? You've been on you've been on It's Super Effective. You had an ASMR podcast. Yeah. You were on Mythical, which is a Pokemon inspired D and D podcast, which kind of cross the two together here. And now you're doing. Have I missed any? Or have you been on some other stuff? No, I think, I think you got it all. That's, yeah, I guess I'm a
1: recurring character on mini podcasts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it is what, how, how, and and I I apologize if, if you've explained this before, but how did, why another D and D podcast? Well, um, it just came from like a Twitter conversation. Actually, Greg
1: just mentioned on Twitter randomly one day that he'd like to do a project with me and Travis. Not me. Clearly. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean he's already doing one with you. I guess he's doing two. Anyway, I don't I don't know. I'm not inside Greg's head. I don't want to no, throw not. any shade inadvertently. Let um, me do
0: that. I'm good at that.
1: <laughs> all right. But yeah, he just like mentioned it on Twitter and I was like, well, I mean we're podcasts are very in our wheelhouse. So we talked about it and you know, we we really, really like doing mythical. And um I know there are a lot of reasons why some new mythical content is is slow to come out and there's a ton of stuff to do so we were like let's just do one that's easier you know uh it doesn't have we're we're not planning to have some overarching story or any epic things it's it's all just to make people laugh as much as possible uh and every season is going to be completely new characters and a completely new system even like we're not going to play we're only playing dungeons and dragons for the first season after that it's dealer's choice. We're going to randomly decide who the next DM is, and randomly, or they're they're going to determine what uh, system they want to run. So it's it's a much more like open, and I feel like Greg has really built a world, and we have to follow a very specific path to go down that on Mythical. Uh, so we have a a lot a lot fewer strings attached on on this particular podcast. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Also, our third, our my. Th- third co-host lee she's the person who i did asmr newscast with and it turned out that asmr actually gave her migraines so we had to stop doing that podcast but i really was
0: it because was it i i i know asmr like that's a thing right people enjoy that thing and i don't want to i don't want to dump on somebody's thing they like i just think it's funny every time oh yeah like and I I totally get that it helps people or it relaxes people, but I can't help but like see it as just something that's hilarious and like a comedy, and I think it's really funny and I feel bad a little bit. Uh I
1: I don't I don't think you should feel bad. It's it is very funny. <laughs> like <laughs> the and to me, the most the best content that people make that is ASMR is like very self aware of how goofy this is. But yeah, I mean it it helps people, relaxes them and stuff uh but so so when she had
0: migraines this this is more interesting than you right now logan if (laughs) she had (laughs) migraines if she had migraines was it because of just doing it or was it because she was actually talking
1: no it was it was actually it wasn't the podcast that was giving her migraines it was it was the like uh if you don't experience asmr then i can't really i mean it's like that is a feeling that you get it's like little tingles in the back of your head but apparently, that like triggered it for her. Th- there are a lot of things that trigger migraines. She's she's actually dealing with that, like medically, like trying to figure out what's going on with her head and fix that. But uh, we knew for sure that whenever she watched a smart videos,
0: it triggered a migraine. So okay, all right, yeah. That so was... you had to retire. You had to ret- retire that.
1: Yeah, that that. And but I still like I, um, she's one of my best friends, and I just really wanted to do another kind of podcast with her and she's been wanting to play D and D for a long time. So she's sort of our newbie.
0: Is this her first time playing then on your, on your upcoming show or have you done stuff with her before?
1: It's weird because I'm it like the first time, the first episode is her first time playing D and D. But then the day after we recorded that, I also, she's the other group or, well, I don't think I've mentioned that yet in recorded time, but I'm running another campaign and she's in that, uh, my off time. So, so you got sixteen sh- campaigns running, right. two being recorded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a number of concurrent D and D stuff. Oh my gosh, there really is. I I seriously, I'm playing in two and running three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Before we recorded, you said you had you were having some issues with a D and D game that you were running. This isn't the this isn't the podcast version. I'm assuming.
1: No, it's not. Um, The podcast stuff is all weird and original content. But um, the the thing I'm running for Lee and for some other folks is actually a a campaign that I've run in the past. And I don't know. It's just I I have like weird feelings sometimes about rerunning a campaign, although it's.
0: What do you mean by rerunning, like retelling a story?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm running this group through the same story that i've written for a different group like they, they oh so it. it's
0: it's new for them but not new for you
1: right so it's it's strange it feels sort of like cheating because i already like i really know the world really well but as i mean as much as i feel like it's cheating it's also like i i'm way better at it this time around you know so i think that i don't know i think it's probably all in my head the feeling of that it's cheating
0: <laughs> but wouldn't you say so as somebody who So I don't I don't know if I've ever said this, but I've I've only played like one thing of D&D, right? It's all the mythical stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's like this subliminal subliminal message in this podcast to get people to listen to mythical, apparently. Um, (laughs) But it's really good. I I think when I walked away from all that and, you know, there's there's we recorded a lot for mythical and there might or might not have been more stuff recorded that hasn't been put out yet. I'm not going on record saying that or anything, but <laughs> I walked away from that going. I don't think I like D and D. Oh yeah, really? And that's not to say I didn't like the time that I spent in those worlds or those campaigns. I think it's because I'm not controlling the game. Hmm. Yeah, and I like like I'm uh, like I'm a control freak, right? That's why I I I challenge alan when he when he does his editing and i think that's why <laughs> when, when alan starts off an episode he's like oh guys i didn't edit this <laughs> um <laughs> because he knows that i like have that that urge for th- the quality or for things to go my way and like i like being a character in 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 the time i spent in D d but at the same time i would i think i would rather be in that driver's seat
1: oh yeah but... so you
0: so wait you want to be the dm Yeah, I think so. Like, that that would make the most sense for me, right? Because then I can control the entire story or or flow of conversation. But then you tell me that, or you tell me or Greg or other DMs say that they spent hours or weeks or months working on a campaign. (laughs) And then you say something like... I'm reusing this campaign, which to me is like that's smart. You're saving time. <laughs> you, I know you put a lot of effort into that. You get to like use it again and maybe go down the, the the path you want. But then you you say it feels like cheating, and then I'm just thinking like that range of emotion goes through my head where it's <laughs> th- then you have to spend more time making a new campaign, right? Well, uh, I mean, but th- it, it's fun.
1: The act of making it is fun. So I don't. I mean it's not like just work for the sake of work. It's a labor of love. So that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's really, that's really what it comes down to. I think you, you you've hit the nail on the head. Like I, it, you're, you're quote unquote supposed to work a whole bunch to make these sessions and you, the world and everything. And I, I am used to that. And then now running this, this campaign I've already run, I don't, have to do all that it's just sort of like there, ready to go
0: so i feel like hmm, i haven't done my i haven't put in my time for this but they don't know right like you know yeah <laughs> like i think some things that stood out to me there's a there's a lot of little things that stood out to me in in dnd but one of the things was greg one the dm that hosted my game he said that he had a like a certain path he wanted us to go down and we didn't and that was fine but then it was it was more like it was more so like I had all this content here that you guys just bypassed and now it, it goes to waste. I'll
1: say like that that's one aspect. You're a control freak, and it's and being a DM feeds into that a lot. But unless you put your players on some pretty narrow rails. The, like, part of the appeal of D&D is that anything could happen, right? And that means allotting for your players to do something else, or at least to a point, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, Greg had a couple of paths that we could tread down, and, you know, we our group is pretty goofy. So, we went with, like, weird or funny choices more often than obvious or intelligent for the group choices. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I think, and I, I think that's the way I, I'd want to play, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think it makes for more compelling podcasting, anyway. Oh, it was just the whole felt like cheating. So the players, though, they're having a good time. It's just that you're not. No, I'm, I'm having a great time. It, I,
1: I, <laughs> I think the more I talk about this, the more I should just like let go of that feeling of that I that I'm not doing that you're cheating enough. Yeah, that I'm cheating. <laughs> Because it's it's actually been great. Almost everybody in that campaign has never played before. So it's really actually super helpful that I have a ton of information. I don't have to spend a lot of time, you know, getting whatever ready or thinking about what they could do if they ask me a question. I, I know it right off the top of my head. So actually, it's probably the best case scenario, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm chastising myself. The, I, I'm glad we had this talk because I've... I've, I should just shove off all this all this guilt this is
0: no no it's totally cool I, and, <laughs> and I, I didn't mean the episode it turns so D heavy but I mean it is, it is a topic of our, our our episode or our shows you can play it on or under your table that is that you that absolutely correct what <laughs> you've been playing gloomhaven I hear oh so
1: much so much gloomhaven Oh man, I I did talk about it at length, uh, two two weeks ago on this, yeah. this podcast as well. But like I, I listened just...
0: to it and and I was pretty sold. Mm-hmm. But I heard it's a lot. It's a lot, like a lot of money, like a lot of like pe- like a lot
1: of moving parts, a lot of pieces. Yeah, there's tons. I mean, it's just a huge box with a ton of stuff in it. But like, uh, I mean, are you comfortable with the amount of
0: pieces in like Descent? or something like that. Again, I have never played Gloomhaven, so you you'll have to, you know, maybe get me up to speed, but with the scent, I feel like I can I can open to a campaign, uh, whether that's a one-off or a continuing campaign, right? I could do I could open to page 2 or like the second campaign after the the tutorial one, right? I could look at the page, I can set up the board, I can set up the pieces, give everyone their cards, shuffle the deck, and then, you know, go from there, right? And then I can yeah. have a session of descent in forty-five minutes to an hour, depending, and then close it and be done. The more I, the more you kind of explain Gloomhaven, I was like, oh, maybe it's just not that easy. But maybe, maybe, I, maybe I got the wrong impression.
1: Well, it's it is a. I would say you can just break it out, deal everybody their cards. Have it's more like an hour to an hour and a half uh, for a, a complete game. But that could be it. That could be all you play, and it's fine. I mean, somebody will have a good time if that's the only thing they do because it's a fun game on its own. But then there are all these elements where you could grow your character or the world could grow, you know? And it's not necessarily like there's a campaign book and you go to page two. It's more like these are the available campaigns right now, and that's another thing. Like if you play the game, then you might unlock – other places you could go. So there's a big element of discovery, but there's also a ton of freedom. If you if you start a new game, I mean, people can be in there and playing and just, just do one round and they're good to go. I mean, it, it really facilitates people jumping in and jumping out, at least to me.
0: <laughs> how, how would you elevator pitch this to somebody? And I don't mean that by... <laughs> Sometimes our elevator pitches get into the the rules territory, and that doesn't... Like, somebody explaining the rules doesn't really sell you on a game, right? Right. So if you were at an elevator pitch and say this is, like, Fiasco, or this is, like, Machi Koro, or this is, like, Seven Wonders, I think that would give me a feel of, of what it really could be. Did you elevator pitch this last time? I don't think so. No, I didn't. So maybe, um, you know, just kind of, you know, step into an elevator and... and <laughs> It kind of just sell me on this game. All right. Uh, ding me, SBJ?
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Gloomhaven is like a D&D campaign in a box with fresh mechanics that you have not played over and over again. Uh, so without getting too rules heavy, there are really cool mechanics for how you can control your character. It's more of like a Euro-style game in that you can really know what you're going to do on this turn and there's not a ton of randomness, but there's just the right amount of randomness where you may miss something if you go to attack. it. Uh, It's cool to jump in and jump out and just carve up some monsters and then uh, be done. Or if you're into it and you want to play some more, there's tons of character development and worlds to be found within the game. There's all kinds of map locations to discover and new classes to unlock if you play again and again, so there's lots of stuff to come back to, but even a single play experience will be really dynamic and engaging. There's tons of character choices every turn and the monsters are very different. There's like 16 different types of monsters right out of the box uh, and you're never going to have exactly the same experience. Every game we played was right down to the wire. Uh, You felt really tense and like you just barely made it or you just barely lost uh and everything was very exciting that's that's my elevator pitch without going into the rules <laughs>
0: <laughs> no no that was good uh and you said this was a kickstarter game yeah um, originally how much how much did it run you how much does uh, D in a box run you
1: i did not pay for it so it was zero dollars for logan um I think that the it was $65 to get the to get the box which is like a steal for this. I bet when it retails it's going to be like 130. It's a huge box. Okay. Um huh. I I could look up what the actual pr- price Yeah,
0: yeah, look it up. Let's do, we can do some fact check, fact checking. I uh, I I wish I had a like a good exciting game that I could that I, you know, I spent 5 6 weeks away and I I wish I could come back with something that I've I've been playing my entire weekend actually was re- redoing my office, uh, which is where I record. It's also where I play board games. It's also where all my board games are. I needed to move like a small love seat in there for uh a couple various reasons, mostly moving around furniture and it was like this is the only place this can go, but I can I can make use of this, which involved me moving my bookshelves, which has all my which have all my games on it. And for some reason, I have two copies of Pandemic and two copies of uh, Takanoku or Takedo. Takedo, that's the game. And I was like, I don't know why I have two copies of this. And I don't know why I have empty boxes of expansions. Like, I have two empty boxes of e- Escape sitting on a shelf that are completely empty because I moved all the contents to the main box of Escape, and I need this shelf space. <laughs> <laughs> so my entire weekend was was... Reorganizing board games, but I think it was also I I also started for the first time putting board games into totes of like you're going to the basement now because (laughs) I am actually never probably going to play you again. It's banished. Yeah, and so I this is something I've kind of wanted to do for a while. I've been recording my my board game plays for for about two years now. So every time I play a board game. I go on to Board Game Geek and I record a play, and because I I like to know like when people ask what's your favorite game, sometimes that changes. But I also like I like to look at the stats and go, oh, I played Coup forty two times in the last year. I, I, I'm, I guess I'm going to recommend you Coup, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I like it. I've played it forty two times, but I also like going. Okay, great. I bought uh, WWE Superstar Showdown at Gen Con uh, over almost two years ago. I think. And I, it's still in its shrink wrap, and I still haven't <laughs> oh. played it. And maybe that's one of the games that doesn't. Because d- I have two options, right? I either buy more shelves, or I just get rid of games that I don't play, and then I have more shelf space for games that I do plan on playing. Yeah, yeah. I need to. I need to do the same thing. I have,
1: I have a uh, shamefully, I have a shelf where I keep all the games that I have not played, <laughs> and. <laughs> and it's uh it's getting full uh, i also have a shelf of the basically the banished games the ones that i don't like and i never want to play again i should really give those to like a thrift store or something
0: yeah and it's weird because you can't really sell like i feel like you can't sell board games on ebay because sometimes like it's not often board games hold their value once they're open like a couple would Mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of any like that are harder to find like mysterium right was it was extremely expensive when it came when it debuted at gen con and then there was like three or four months before it, it would actually retailed uh but like i looked up a, a copy of pandemic like rarely goes for more than twenty dollars if it's opened mm-hmm. it's it's almost like eleven or twelve dollars to ship it anywhere because board games are so awkward they the the boxes are usually not uniform and they usually weigh enough to make it go priority. So it's like 11 to $12 to ship a board game. So it's like, well, I'm making $8 on Pandemic. I guess I'll keep it in case somebody spills coffee on my first <laughs> copy of Pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just like this weird... So now things are just going into totes, and it's like, well, I can maybe fit five board games in a tote before that tote's full because all these games are awkwardly shaped.
1: <laughs> well, you know, um, I mean, you go to Gen Con every year. They have. Have you ever been to the auction house in at Gen Con?
0: Yeah, and I thought about that too, right? But then it's. I, I guess I don't. I don't know how enough about how it works. Well, I, I think you just sort of drop off all your. Oh, you stuff just drop you it want. off.
1: Yeah, and, and they, then you and they, then you like list a price for all of them, and then they they do your asking price over the course of the, the week. Um, I think half you, of it goes to like the charity and then okay. half of it goes to you. I, don't quote me on all that. Probably but still
0: I, more money than you would get selling it on eBay.
1: Yeah. And I think mo- most importantly, it's it's going to a good home. You know what I mean? Like you're not like I, I've i definitely considered taking all the ones that I don't want to like Goodwill or whatever. But I'm sure that a day after that, it'll have none of its parts and uh, there will be baby drool all over it, and right. So I, I keep meaning to do that, but I never, I haven't gotten all my all my stuff together quite yet.
0: Did you say what Gloomhaven costs? Yeah, <laughs> I've, so I actually cool.
1: found it when we, <laughs> while we were talking about that. Okay, so the Amazon price listed is hundred and thirty dollars plus twenty dollars shipping, um, because it is a huge box. That, however, is not in stock until December 29th, two thousand seventeen. So, uh, the eBay price is three hundred to four hundred dollars, but the retail price, like I was imagining, is about one hundred and thirty.
0: Okay, so you're gonna put your used copy of Gloomhaven on eBay. <laughs> uh, I don't think that that will work, uh, because the legacy
1: elements mean that your copy of Gloomhaven is your copy of Gloomhaven. Oh, I see.
0: Yeah, I
1: mean that's just that that's just extra bullet points in the eBay auction. That's all that is. I suppose so. Um. But yeah, it's uh I, I think it's well worth 130. It certainly was worth the the Kickstarter of 65. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it it feels like a game You know how like when you when you first open a a game and you're really into it and you're like, "Oh man, I wish there was expansions for this." But then like a year later expansions come out and you're like, "Uh, I'm kind of over it." Yep. It totally. feels like this game is 5 years of expansions right there when you want them the most like it just feels like a it just feels like a five years of content right in one box
0: well we'll check back in exactly in five years save the date (laughs) february 28th 2023 yeah we'll be here letting you know how gloomhaven holds up uh i think (laughs) i think that's our episode for today uh again just short and loose just trying to you know transitional period of getting a uh not a, a better structure, because I don't think our structure was broken, but something. Something Highlighting new. Highlighting good? Where we think of it like uh, we were a board game, and now we're adding an expansion to it. But it's going
1: to be a good one. It's going to be like, yeah. like One Night Ultimate Werewolf Daybreak. It's not going to be like <laughs> One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Or wait, no, all those expansions. No, Daybreak came. was good. Yeah, Daybreak was good. It's going to be like that. It's not going to be like... I don't know, any of the Settlers of Catan's expansions, because Settlers of Catan is great. It doesn't need any expansions. That's, that's we were ki- We metaphor.
0: were king of Tokyo before, but now we're going to be king of New York. Same concepts, just presented in a different <laughs> way.
1: Wait, wait, wait. But also, everybody's realized that they actually don't like us?
0: Yeah, because I think everyone went back to king of Tokyo, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, per- me personally, I... I I would just rather play something else. That's what I realized about King of Tokyo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But listen to this podcast, please. It's very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen to this podcast. Uh, Logan, uh, if you want to follow Logan on Twitter, at Logan Jenkins. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Lake, And if you want to follow Tuesday Night Games on Twitter, which is the the best way to stay up to date with the podcast and stuff, that's going to be at PlayTKG. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at podcast at tuesdaynightgames.com. That goes directly to me. And uh, any emails or something we can definitely read on the air or address or anything like that. But otherwise, this episode is finished!